If you are in a relationship that has been feeling really difficult or really painful, and you're finding yourself starting to really ask, should I stay or should I go? This podcast episode is for you. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the questions that I ask my clients when they're trying to figure out if this is a rough patch in my relationship or have we reached the end of the road. You are listening to the Bold as Love podcast. I'm your host, April Star Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, relationship expert, and breathwork facilitator. And this podcast is a place where we get into the heart of things. What's really happening in our relationships, how we need to tidy up our side of the fence, and also quit taking too much responsibility for what's happening on somebody else's side of the fence as well. So thank you for being a part of this conversation with me. So as we move through these questions that I'm going to be sharing with you, ideally, it would be great if you had a pen and a notebook and you were able to take some time to really reflect on this, to really hear what your own inner guidance has to tell you. And knowing that nothing that I'm sharing in here is prescriptive, I don't know your relationship. (laughs) I don't know what's best for you, right? If you and I were having a one-to-one conversation, we could really flesh that out together in a different way. But this podcast is just sharing some ideas and some questions for you to use to check in with your own self and see what comes up for you. So the first question or one of the first questions that I often ask somebody when I meet with them in my practice and they're telling me, that things really are not okay in the relationship and they're starting to give up hope. It's starting to feel like things are never going to change and that they're just not really okay in this situation. One of the questions that I often ask is, how would you feel if you and your partner split up and you found out that they were dating, happily dating somebody else? Notice what comes up for you as I ask that question. How would you feel if your partner and you ended this relationship and they then fell madly in love with another person? When I hear things like, I would feel so relieved. I would feel so glad. That would be such a weight off my shoulders. A bit of a flag (laughs) comes up for me. It's starting to look and feel like this emotional connection is really not what it should be, right? So just notice what comes up for you. It doesn't mean that that's not unsalvageable, right? With some good couples work together, but it's a really interesting piece of information to notice. When the emotional tonality of our relationship is done, Often that can be a lot of information about where you're at in this relationship, really. So now if you have a reaction like, oh, that would be terrible, that would be gut-wrenching, I'd encourage you to check in a little bit about what exactly about that bothers you so much. Is there still a lot of love here? Is there still a lot of hope here? 
And it's possible that sometimes that's trauma bonding, right? Sometimes we're just really attached to, you know, the chase of a partner that's been unavailable or where we become a bit addicted to the, you know, negative dynamic that's been happening. But just kind of notice what comes up for you when I ask you that question. How would you feel if they had fallen in love with somebody else? The next question that I ask is, what would have to change to make this work? What would have to change to make this relationship enough for you? And what would have to change in you? Who would you have to become to be able to make this relationship work? Sometimes when I ask this people's question, the answer that comes up is something like, ugh, I would have to become so needless. I would have to become so silent. I would have to stuff so much down that I know I wouldn't be okay. Or that I wouldn't really like that woman anymore. Notice what comes up for you. Who would you have to be to also have to shift through this? Because, you know, we all know breakups and divorces are really serious business, right? That's why this is all so heavy and so difficult and so conflicting and why we balance back and forth so much between I'm done, I can't take this, this is over, and, but maybe, but maybe this can work, right? This is big deal stuff. And so when we start to look at, you know, your side of the fence in this, What I really encourage people to think about is, have I done everything in my power to really try to turn this around, right? Especially if there's kids involved. I like to use the example or idea that if your kids were come come to you 20 years down the road and say, you know, what happened? Why did this end? It's nice ground to be standing on to be able to say, I did everything in my power to try to change this, to try to make this work. And of course, you know, couples work is an important part of that, but also is looking at, you know, what things of me have contributed to where we are in our current relationship. If I've been silent about my needs for six years and I've put up with stuff and put up with stuff and put up with stuff, I have also co-created these conditions where my partner expects me to overfunction and expects that it's okay that they underfunction. Right? So often we're kind of changing the script and changing the game. And that's totally okay. But we need to kind of look at how can we bring our partner on board with that change? Because often there's been things that we've been tolerating for a really long time. And then we hit our limit and are like, enough, (laughs) right? I cannot actually put up with this anymore. So what was happening for you that you were even willing to put up with some of this, right? And notice that it's going to take a little bit for your partner to one, get the message that you're serious, that something needs to change. And two, to be able to catch up with you to make that change. The next question that I often ask is, what is keeping you here? 
What is keeping you in this relationship? Here's some of the things that often come up. I don't want to hurt them. If that is what's coming up for you, please consider the idea that you are already hurting them. Would you really want to be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't want to be in a relationship with you? You're not doing anybody any favors when we're operating from this place that's disguised as kindness and consideration. Oh, I don't want to hate. I don't want to hurt them. But often what we're actually doing, part of that's valid, but often what's actually wrapped up around that, not wanting to hurt them, is just fear. Fear of having to walk across those really hot coals towards the exit. And so I don't think you're doing your partner any favors by just trying to avoid hurting them with one really difficult conversation that this needs to end. I think if that's where you're at, you're already hurting each other probably every day by being in a situation that's not great for either one of you. Just something to consider. The other thing that often comes up is this fear. Fear of being alone. Fear of having to go back into the dating world. Fear of what if I never meet somebody new. Again, I would suggest this is not a great or kind reason to continue to have somebody in your life. That's a really good reason to get a dog, (laughs) right? I want companionship. I don't want to be alone. But if it's gotten to a point in your relationship where you're not actually enjoying each other's company or when there's so much kind of frustration and resentment for you that you find yourself not even liking this person anymore, right? And you're kind of just seeing them in this really negative way and it's coloring all of your interactions with them. I don't know that that's the kindest thing either, right? To say I'd rather be here and fight with this person just because I don't want to experience sitting in an empty house. And at the same time, these are very real considerations, right? And this is why I say if we are working towards the idea of leaving and ending a relationship, There's work to be done to get ready for that. We have to kind of move through the fears. We have to kind of make peace with those fears that I'm going to be judged, fears that I'm going to be criticized, fears that my friends and family aren't going to get it because this has looked really good from the outside. There's work to be done to kind of be mentally and emotionally prepared for some of those realities, right? And that also includes the financial reality. Sometimes people say, you know, I'm still in this relationship because I can't afford to leave. And that can be really true, right? In which case I would encourage you to think about the goal then is not necessarily to leave this weekend, but if the only thing that's keeping you here is financial, maybe you need to consider making a plan to change your own independent financial situation so that six months from now, you have options. There's really nothing helpful about the feeling of being trapped in a relationship. No good, honest work, no good, honest conversations can happen when we feel like we are just locked into this room with our partner no matter what. Even as you say that, even as I say that, 
I can feel this tension coming up in my body. I can feel this anger coming up in my body. We need to know that we have an option to leave our relationship in order for us to be okay with our decision to stay. We need to know that it's a choice. If I'm here in this relationship, it's because I'm choosing to be here and not because I'm a victim. Nothing helpful happens from that place. So maybe you need to upgrade your credentials. Maybe you need to do some work on, you know, debt management. Maybe you need to start to adjust your lifestyle considerations. Maybe you're not going to be living in the big house anymore, but maybe you would have a smaller place that also works, right? Looking at really how all of this fits and applies for your situation And of course, the other, you know, big, big fear that comes up is really around children. What's the impact on my kids going to be? What is this going to look like for them? And that's a really real and important consideration. I think sometimes we can fall into this fantasy that when I split up with my partner, that my partner is somehow going to be a better dad than they were husband, right? Be a better parent than they were partner. And we have kind of this hope that, you know, they couldn't make these changes for me. They couldn't get their stuff together, you know, for me in this relationship, but I'm sure they're going to try to give their kids a better standard than that. And often that's not the case. (laughs) Often what I've seen, and of course this is not everybody, But sometimes what happens is the marriage or relationship ends and we become aware that you've actually been propping up your partner, right? They've actually been operating at a bit of a higher standard. So let's say that there's been some substance abuse issues or some financial mismanagement issues, right? Not going to work, whatever those patterns are. And we kind of have this fantasy that when we leave them and are no longer bolstering them up, they're going to have to get it together. And often the opposite is true. Sometimes they continue to regress. They continue to disintegrate. And then we're in this position of dropping off your kids where you have no choice whether or not you have to legally drop them off because that's a court ruling. I have to drop off my kids to a house that I don't actually feel comfortable with, where I don't actually have the right even to control or know what is happening. When you split up with your partner, you lose all control of what they do, how they parent, how they live their life. That's really something to take note of. Sometimes I've talked to women and they've said, you know, I kind of wish I had awaited a few more years. Because then my kids would be able to call me themselves. (laughs) I'd be able to give them a cell phone so that they and I could keep in touch. And I could at least have a bit more of a window into what was happening when they were at their dad's place with their new girlfriend, who I have very different values and ethics than her, (laughs) where I don't know who's coming in and out of the house, right? Those kinds of considerations are real. So I think... I think we have to kind of work through what does the worst case scenario look like just so that you're prepared and that there is a safe plan in place, right? Something that feels tolerable. 
And then of course, you know, the last big reason why people talk about staying, I shouldn't say last one, second last one is the shame. That awful gut-wrenching sense of huge public failure when I've left a relationship. Then all my friends and family get to weigh in (laughs) on who is right, who is wrong, whose fault it is that the marriage ended, Did you try enough? Did you not try enough? Is this decision to leave valid? We know that that public scrutiny is real, that divorce and breakups absolutely trigger your social circle and the people around you, and some of your relationships are going to change. I absolutely lost people through my divorce that really, my husband got those friends in the divorce. (laughs) And some of that was shocking. Some of that was incredibly hurtful. And some of those fears were real, right? Some of those relationships, I could not have predicted the change that happened, but some of them I could have. The public criticism and scrutiny and judgment against divorced women is real in our society. It was only a hundred years ago that women were allowed to have their own bank accounts. These old conditionings of the pressure to stay in a relationship no matter what are still very alive and well, even though the realities of our social and economic conditions are very different than they were a hundred years ago. And this is one of the reasons why women often really struggle with this feeling of guilt for leaving these relationships that it's not physically abusive, right? And there's no newspaper headline kind of reason that I can share with my friends and family of why this relationship ended. It's more like death by a thousand paper cuts. And the relationships that are death by a thousand paper cuts The suffering and the dysfunction and the heartbreak is really invisible to most of your outer circle because often what we have is two really good people. You're a good person. They're a good person. You have some really good qualities. They have some really good qualities. And this is where, you know, the outside world kind of really comes down on that really hard what? They're such a nice person. How could you do this to Jimmy? (laughs) Right? And that is one of the hot coals that you may have to walk across to leave this relationship that might be a part of the cost of the exit. So again, this process of working through that, working through that so that you are emotionally, mentally, and financially ready to stand your own ground, stand on your own feet. And when you do choose to tell your friends and family, if that's the case for you, that this relationship is ending, you're able to do that without your voice cracking and your knees shaking. You're able to stand firmly and here's what's true and right for me. Because that has a very different energy than when we're ridden with guilt and apologies, and shame, that is what people also respond to and pick up on, right? We are often co-creating those dynamics of judgment and criticism. 
because we're coming in shame-ridden and guilt-filled. Now, the last reason why people often stay is they still love them and there's still hope. I have some concerns. I have some things that are not working here. I have some things that I'm no longer okay with tolerating, but we still have a good foundation. We still have shared goals. We still have a shared picture for our lifestyle or our family or our life together, whatever that is. And I'm hopeful. I think there's a chance. This is where sometimes I like to encourage people to set a timeline for themselves. To say, if you're in this relationship still, then let's own the fact that you're still in this relationship and give it your all for the next six months or the next three months, whatever feels bearable and tolerable for you. Both feet in. Both feet in. Because otherwise that six months goes by and we're still just ping-ponging between I hate them, I'm done, I love them, I'm in. And it's crazy making. We are no further along in six months aside from the fact that there's possibly been more hurt, more fights, more disconnection, right? Nothing else has changed. So instead, consider the idea of giving yourself some time, time to prepare right? If I need to be in a different financial situation to take care of myself, I can take steps towards doing that while I'm doing couples work, while I'm doing some really good couple sessions with my partner to try to get back on the same page, to try to get them to hear me. And it is crazy making. (laughs) It is absolutely crazy making this phenomenon. I've heard it from so many couples, particularly men that say, I was shocked. I was shocked that my wife is on the verge of leaving me, that she started to talk about separation, and that she's done. And what I'll hear from the partner is I've actually been telling him for years. I've been telling him very clearly for two years now that something needs to change or I'm out. But we get into these patterns where we truly are no longer hearing each other. And this is why we really have to often step outside of our usual patterns, step outside of our own heads and try something really different. So I am opening up some space for new one-to-one clients. If you're interested in that, DM me or email me and let me know. And we can chat a little bit more about if that's right for you and if we're a good fit to work together. And also I'm doing a five-day making fighting easier guided experience where I'm going to be sharing with you some videos with some quick tips and changes in perspectives and changes in ways of seeing your partner and ways of understanding the conflicts that are happening with your partner so that you can pivot, (laughs) change direction and come back into this in a way that might be a lot more effective and actually start to work through some of these issues instead of just having the same fight over and over and over because we have all been in that loop, right? Nothing ever gets resolved. Another Saturday is wasted because we've ended up so angry and frustrated with each other having the same fight one more time 
Maybe the topic's slightly different, but the moves are all the same, right? They shut down, get defensive, get reactive, whatever that is. We get upset, try harder, also shut down, whatever that looks like. And that song plays over and over and over. So this five-day experience is going to help you to change the way you're seeing your conflict and change the way you're doing hard conversations. So I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes and also DM me if you want to lean into this work. I'm here. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.